records are there to be broken. 12 wins in a row for Red Bull in Formula One. They take the consecutive win record. And that is history. That is absolute history today. That's a fantastic, fantastic performance. <laughs> what an unbelievable rocket ship. Seven victories in a row for Max Verstappen, who wins the Hungarian Grand Prix. Welcome to F1 Nation, coming to you from the heart of the Hungara Ring paddock. I'm Tom Clarkson, and my teammates for this episode are Channel 4's Lee McKenzie and Juan Fossaroli from ESPN. We're going to debrief Red Bull's emphatic record-breaking performance and discuss all the ins and outs of a fascinating Hungarian Grand Prix weekend. Joining us in the paddock are Jos Verstappen, Christian Horner, Adrian Newey, Zach Brown, Fred Vasseur, Otmar Safnauer and Alex Albon. But first, let's hear from our podium finishers, starting with Max Verstappen. It was a pretty perfect day. It already started with the actual start where we had a good launch for once and uh, then could look after our tyres quite well. Every stint just eked out a bit more of a gap and the car was honestly really enjoyable to drive today. So basically with the, the balance I had yesterday actually worked very well for today. Now, tell us a little bit more about this success you and the team are having. Just what is it like to ride this wave that you're on at the moment? Well, I mean, of course, it's, it's really enjoyable to, to work with the whole team and, you know, to have this kind of success. I think people probably forget how tough it is, you know, to win 12 in a row. Um, even when you have uh, the fastest car, it's easy to, to make mistakes or, um, you know, have an off weekend. But I think so far... Of course, we had weekends where probably the gap was a bit smaller than we would have liked. But then also we had a few weekends where we, yeah, surprised ourselves and had a really good race, for example. So, uh, yeah, I hope that we can just keep that momentum going, keep on trying to learn um, from the car, from the upgrades we're bringing to the car, you know, uh, towards the end of the season and also going into next year. Have you experienced anything like this before in your career? They're very rare days like this, I think, that it's that good. I think last year's Spa, for example, was probably pretty similar. Uh, but then, of course, I had to start from the back. So, um, yeah, uh, very rare. Normally, it's not that, uh, not that easy or straightforward. Very well done to you and to the team. Thank you, Max. Uh, Lando, coming to you next. Uh, first up, Max's trophy. <laughs> what happened there on the podium? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Max just placed it too close to the edge. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take it off next time. Just yeah, just hold it. Um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know. I just, it fell over, I guess. And not my problem, it's his. <laughs> Lando, would you agree that McLaren had the second fastest car this weekend? That's tough to say. I think between us and Mercedes, we're pretty pretty tied. Uh, if you look at tie degradation, Mercedes are way, way better than we are. Always have been. Mercedes have always been very, very strong with, with tie deg. I'm going to be the guy that says no, and I believe that Mercedes are very close, but it's, it's tied. If Lewis stayed ahead in turn two, they would have beaten us today, and I probably wouldn't be on the podium at all. And then uh, you'd be saying, oh, Mercedes are quicker. But just because I overtook him, you think McLaren are quicker. So um, it's, uh, it's tight. They're doing a good job, but also McLaren, I'm very happy with them. They've done an excellent job, so. Lando, very well done. Thank you for that. Uh, Checo, coming to you now, what a drive uh, by you. Very well done. Uh, ninth to third on a track where it's very difficult to overtake. How good was this race for you? 
Yeah, it was good, but uh, very tough, especially starting on the on the hard compound. Uh, it felt very low grip uh, initially, um, but just to follow around and and to overtake, you know, um, there were times where basically we just had one line because offline was uh, a lot of rubber and we were damaging a lot, a lot of the tires. So it was not easy to to overtake out there today. Um, as usual, you know, it's it's a track that is very very difficult to overtake. But I think we managed we managed to execute a a good strategy. Your thoughts on the upgrades that Red Bull have brought to the car this weekend? I think we saw yesterday that the gap uh, over one lap is is very small. It was like five tenths between the the top ten, so it was super small. But hopefully, we are able to see the the real pace of the car in in volume, which should suit the the car a bit better. So we'll see there. History has been made, Lee. What a day for Red Bull, for Max Verstappen, even Checo Perez has had a great day. It's really special. And I was chatting to Christian Horner earlier on. Um, I think it's easy just to fit people into a team environment that we see in front of us now. But Christian, when he was younger, wanted to be a racing driver. That didn't really work out, despite the semi-naked photo that everybody's seen of him lining up against a car. He's now an incredibly successful team boss. But when he was a kid, he was a fan, a motorsport fan, a Formula One fan, a Senna Prost fan. He grew up watching that period of motorsport. So for him to have gone on and beaten that, it's a hugely emotional thing, not just for Christian, for Jonathan Wheatley, for pedals who we saw up on the podium as well these are the original guys that were here when red bull started off and i think that it's it's really important to to remember that and how special a moment it is because these are true racers they live and breathe formula one to win by 33 seconds today that's the most dominant win we've had all season i feel like they've been playing with us all season you know when in canada alonso was saying after the race oh i think we're getting closer nah I think we've just proven with the updates they brought here. Can you see them losing? A race this season? I mean, it's hard to even see that. You, you do think the law of averages will kick in and at some point somebody is going to either have a mechanical or be wiped out by somebody else. You know, there was a lot of collateral damage at the start of today's race. It could have, you know, got Checo or, or a Max tangled up. But if everything goes to plan, then I just cannot see them losing. A lot of people will find that the most infuriating statement that they've ever heard. But take nothing away from Max. He is just slotting into a car, which is almost like an extension of his body. They feel perfectly sort of informed together. And he very, very rarely puts a wheel wrong. Even today, you know, it's almost like he's trying to entertain himself or keep himself awake and focused. He starts complaining about the marbles. Was the marbles really a big issue enough to talk about it on Team Radio? I mean, even Jean-Pierre Lambiasse had to come on Team Radio just to make sure he was still there. I mean, this is like very, very odd times, but he is operating on such an incredible level, as did Sergio Perez today, put in some great overtakes. And Max is just in a different world at the moment. That will infuriate people, but you cannot hide from that fact. I thought it was interesting after qualifying where, you know, what was he, three thousandths behind Lewis Hamilton on the front row of the grid, but he was genuinely upset by the lack of perfection during qualifying and how he was struggling with the balance of the car. So while it looks easy from the outside, you sense that 
it's the duck, it's the swan, isn't it? It's serene on the surface, but below they are paddling as hard as any other team. And that is why they're proving to be so difficult to catch up. And Christian is a little bit candid. He's not really sure how these upgrades have performed because, okay, it was a, you know alternative tyre allocation for qualifying. We had a really wet Friday. You know, Czech would put it in the wall even when it was dry. So, you know, they didn't have like the, the easiest weekend in terms of getting that data and seeing how it transfers. Also, Hungary is a pretty different racetrack than when you know we're heading off to Spa next. And you know, some people would say that they maybe don't need the upgrades. But when you are being hunted as hard as everybody up and down this paddock is, you know, as soon as somebody wins a Grand Prix this year from another team, it's not just going to be that team who's celebrating. It will be everybody up and down this paddock because they will have broken the Red Bull stronghold. And that gives hope and faith to absolutely everyone. So if McLaren do it, then Mercedes, they'll wish it was them. But I don't think they'll be too disappointed if, if you know, another team get to do that. And Lee, you know how Max has been saying that he, he wanted some competition this year. He's been inviting it. And I thought it was really significant that when it came in the form of Lewis Hamilton, you know, the old enemy, let's say, he put in his best start of the year. If there's one Achilles heel they've had this year, it's been their starts. It's been a bit hit and miss. But when it really mattered, when the competition really came, he was the one that nailed it. And Lewis was the one who dropped the ball. Yeah, he just uh, continued to, to bring his A game. Lewis, I'm not sure what happened there. He said in the interview that it, it wasn't his uh, worst start, but it certainly wasn't his best start. And it was funny when you watch it back, you don't see any sort of um, wheel spin or anything too obvious. It just didn't get off the line, but that proved to be hugely costly because even under pressure, and we know the McLarens are quick and they had the march on uh, Mercedes at, at Silverstone last weekend, um, but you know, even under pressure, Lando managed to hold on to that second position. Having started second, you just wonder if Lewis would have been in second. Would he have been able to hold off? Would they have done something different with the tyres? You know, maybe brought him in a little bit earlier because he did stay out on the tyres quite long towards the end. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, another chance to go for it in, in less than a week's time. Lee and I have come into the Red Bull Energy Station. The beer is flowing and quite rightly so. And there's a very proud dad standing in front of us now, Jos Verstappen. I mean, what a season he's having yep yeah it, it really works out but um and i think uh, the, the, the performance max is doing and the team you know it's not particular you know car i think it's it's unbelievable have you seen any change in him lee and i were just discussing how he just brings his a game to every single race and and he doesn't seem to make mistakes that's yeah. that doesn't happen yeah no that's true uh, he's he's very focused he loves it. He loves racing. Um, uh, I mean, uh, uh, during the week, he doesn't want to know anything about Formula One. And then when the weekend is there, he's there. And I think that's what he wants. Uh, you know, it, it, when he's there, he's focused. But when the race is finished, it's done. That's his strength. But that's healthier because I remember coming to your house way back in the day. And at that point, all he wanted to talk about and do yeah. was Formula One. Yeah. And when he wasn't doing Formula One, he was racing Formula One on a sim and it yeah. was nonstop. How much have you seen him change and how impressed do you continue to be by him? Because, yes, you're his father, but from a racing driver point of view, I don't know if you can separate the two now. But for me, Max hasn't changed. You know, at home, he's on a sim. He, he loves that. And, uh, and he's still very easy going I don't I don't see any change 
with him, you know, and it's just like how things are going. I mean, the team have built a fantastic car and he's putting the effort in and, and, and it comes out. So, uh, and that's good to see. And Jos, what are you going to do about this trophy? His trophies? Yeah. They're all in Max's place. No, no, so, uh, this trophy, it's oh, been broken. One, yeah, it's broken, I saw and it. The Herend pottery yes. is, a, is a very... I know, it's, yeah, I'm not saying I heard it's but I, it's a very valuable I heard one. it, but I, I don't know what happened to that, but uh, they will sort it, I guess. Lando Norris happened to it, as yeah. I said in our program, from the second step to the naughty step. That is terrible behavior, smashing up other people's podiums. <laughs> Can I also say in Yoss's defense, you said the beer was flowing. We've seen him consume one sip of a beer. So I'm going to just defend Yoss here and say one beer doesn't mean to say uh, the beer is flowing, Tom. Thank you, Yoss. Look, we're very well done. Great to see you guys firing on all cylinders. Now, the celebrations are underway. For the ninth time this year, Red Bull have, are doing their celebratory photo. And actually, the last time we saw Christian Horner, yes, yes, it's happened again. Christian, you are covered in Red Bull. You, you had a wet shirt after Silverstone. Yeah. I think they're aiming at you now, the boys in your team. Well, the problem was taking a picture on the pod is a bit stupid because you can't run anywhere. So, uh, so yeah, we all got a bit blasted. Did you tread on the remaining bits of Max's trophy that's up there? No, that's a little bit embarrassing because I think I, it was firmly Lando's fault that knocked yeah. it over, apparently. And I've just heard it's about 60,000 euros oh worth yeah. of damage that he's done. So, it took uh, six months to make. And six months. So he's going to, uh, obviously, I said send the, them the bill. It's only fair he knocked it over. But you know, he actually did it at Silverstone as well. We talked about it on our program, David Coulthard was absolutely furious. You know, which yeah. racing driver doesn't know how to spray champagne? That doesn't bode well for the future. Yeah, well, I'm thinking, I started to think it's uh, you know, something personal now. So, um, <laughs> but uh, look, I mean, an amazing day for us. So great to celebrate with the guys and all girls up there. You know, 12 victories, that's insane. Christian, what is it like to ride this wave of success? Exciting, <laughs> stressful. Um, but is look, it I still mean, stressful? Yeah, it's always stressful, but you know, there's so many things that can go wrong, but you know, to achieve the kind of results that we're doing is phenomenal. And you know, the whole team can be incredibly proud of what they've done. How worried were you coming into this race? Did you see Lewis Hamilton as a genuine threat? Yeah, we did. Uh, and a, a front row with Lewis and Max is always gets your blood pressure up. So, uh, but they were, they, you know, they were great. They raced each other hard, but fair into the first turn. So, you know, it was uh, a relief to see Max come out that first turn in the lead. Let you go and uh, get dry. I'm not sure I've ever wanted to see Adrian Newey in a wet t-shirt competition, but I think we've just seen that. These guys are coming back in absolutely drenched. I'm not sure how much champagne has been sprayed, but it looks like an awful lot. 60,000 for a trophy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the heron. Six, I mean, month, six months to make that. Do you know what else broke today? Esteban Ocon's seat after that shunt at the start of the race. I mean, it, it looked like just two Alpines getting wiped out by Joe. Daniel Ricciardo, then the two Alpines, but that was such a crack that it broke Esteban Ocon's you know, seat. But Lee, you've hit on something there, because that is what is going to stop this racing team, I think. If Max yeah. or Checo is leading the race, I mean, let's go back to 1988. They've just beaten McLaren, Ayrton Senna trips over Jean-Louis Slessor at the first chicane, and it all came tumbling down, and, and that's where their winning record ended. And it's just such small margins. And as Christian was saying just then, it is still stressful. And his stress is about not wanting to lose this winning streak. I'm sure it is now. It's just about maintaining this run. But runs are exactly that. I mean, they're almost there to be broken, aren't they? We're just going to complete our run at Red Bull. We've spoken 
So Jos, we've spoken to Christian Horner. Now let's speak to the chief technical officer who's eating cake. Adrian knew it. Celebration <laughs> yes. cake. Yeah, exactly. Get hungry after the race, I must admit. Adrian, what a day for you, for the team. Just sum it all up in your wet Red Bull soaked shirt. Yeah, exactly. Very smelly as well as hungry. No, I mean, it's been an amazing run. Could never have dreamt of this. To beat that McLaren record from 1988 is, is uh, something I guess I certainly never thought we would do. So it's a tribute to the whole team, to to the hard work of all the guys, the reliability we've enjoyed so far this season. It's, it's just a fantastic tribute to, to kind of, you know, obviously qualifying wasn't our best, but we thought we, or we hoped we'd have decent race pace and, and that was the case. Adrian, I was saying to Christian, you know, you guys are a team of racers and you've had many hats, many roles, many, many teams in your career. You appreciated what happened at McLaren in 1988, even the names associated with it, your, your Senna's, your Prost's. It was such a special time. Will this take time for you to sink in? Because what you guys have achieved together is phenomenal. Yes, I think when you're in a season, you're kind of not really thinking about where you've got to. You're thinking about the next one. Still got a long way to go. I remember very clearly in 1999 when um, after Mika was leading going into Silverstone, Michael had his accident, broke his leg, obviously. And as a team, to be perfectly honest, we fell asleep for the, for the rest of the year and ended up going down to the wire between Mickey and um, Eddie Irvine and, and we lost the constructors. So it's, it's a salute lesson that no matter how good things look, you have to keep pushing, you have to keep on your toes. Are you motivated by statistics? Perhaps afterwards, but when you're in it during a season, you just don't really reflect on statistics, just looking forward to the, to the next one and getting, trying to get the job done. Adrian, we need to let you go because you have a police escort. You've not done anything wrong. That's the good news. Yes. The police escort is because you are about to fly in a very glamorous way back to Oxford. Thank you very much. Many congratulations. Thank you, Adrian. Now, Lee, I know you've got to fly, not with the Red Bull gang, but you've got to fly. I did last year. I did last year. I sneaked onto that private plane and I went straight back into Oxford. It was incredible scenes and it's ruined me for the rest of my life. <laughs> But look, it's been wonderful to have you back on the pod. And before you go, let's just talk bigger picture. Can we have your just reflections of the weekend as a whole? And, and come on, give us your driver of the day. I think it's a difficult one. I mean, Sergio Perez got driver of the day. I understand that. I think what McLaren are doing is incredible. I actually feel for Oscar Piastri so close on so many occasions, like Silverstone just missed out because of the safety car. Another great drive today. The start he made was phenomenal. I also think it was a great day for the teams. I mean, pit stops, wait and see if that was the fastest of the season so far, 1.9 for Red Bull. Oscar had a, a two second pit stop as well. I mean, what these guys are doing, and let's not forget, you know, the girls and boys in these teams are exhausted. They are having back-to-back -back races. Some race weekends have not been easy. We've still got Spa to go to. You know, normally this is where we all put our feet up and relax for the summer break. That is not happening just yet. But what everyone is doing, the level in Formula One at the moment across the board is so high. I totally agree. We had seven different teams in Q3 on Saturday. It is all getting closer outside of Red Bull. Go on then, but who is your driver of the day? Give us a name. I'm gonna say Lando Norris. You could argue George Russell, but you know, he made up 12 places from yesterday, but yesterday was particularly bad. 
I'm going to go Lando Norris, despite his absolute shocker on the podium. Look, Lee, it's been great to have you on the pod. Travel safe. Thank and we'll you. speak to you soon. Speak to you in Spa. So Lee has gone. I've got a new teammate. I feel like I'm double stacking in the pit lane now because Juan is with me. Juan, before we move on to everything else that's happened in this Grand Prix, there's one bit of Red Bull that I haven't discussed yet because I knew you were coming on the show. And that is, of course, Checo's performance. Sum it up because I felt he was really aggressive and positive today. Yeah, I think so. With a different strategy, starting with the hearts. You know, we knew he's going to try to kill that tires to get more overtakes than anybody. And starting from ninth and finishing in the podium was a great job. But he was suffering at the end. No, we were a little bit worried about Lewis catching up. Um, after we spoke with Checo and he's mentioned that when you go outside the line, you, you grab a lot of marbles and, and he started losing a grip. And that was a little bit worried. But after a couple laps, he managed to solve that problem. And he was selected also the driver of the day. I think it's positive for Checo finished a weekend in the podium. No, after what happened with him and, you know, in all this five consecutive no Q3 appearances. So not only that, and then he crashes oh, on Friday yeah. morning. Did you catch up with him on Friday? Yeah, we catch up him on a Friday. The how, thing was, Checo, how was he? How was he? No, obviously, he's not going to show it to you that it affects him. Obviously, have to affect a, a driver. But the good thing about Checo, I think, I know know him for a long, long time, is he recovers very, very fast uh, mentally. No, he have that never give up, and it's true. He keep him things in that way and I think he managed to put that on a side and try to recover the weekend. Quali was not that great, you know, ninth is not a good quali for a Red Bull but considering the situation, how was all this new test they did with the ATA, I think he took it a little bit slow. No, no, no. He wants to go in Q3, doesn't matter if he's second, third or fourth, he have to be in Q3 and I think he, he managed to do it and then a podium. Better than that? Well, the big news story coming into the weekend was the return of Daniel Ricciardo at AlphaTauri. Do you think in any way that was weighing on Checo's mind coming into this weekend? In that, is it a trial and are they actually going to replace Checo with Daniel if he does a good job? Well, I know because what Checo said, or even Christian Horner said that Checo is secure for next year. He have a contract. We know what's contracts in Formula One. Checo knows very well, you know, with McLaren and with Force India or Racing Point in that case. But anyway, I think he have to think and perform. Forget about Daniel because I think it's the way that Red Bulls somehow operates, no? Put in pressure. That's the way Daniel Ricciardo told us that yesterday. He knew when he joined the Red Bull drivers program that it, that's the way they they test you, you know, put in pressure all the time. They do that. And I think Checo, he put Daniel in another side. But uh, obviously, if I am Checo, I will think that Daniel, it's a menace for, for my seat. And also, Max didn't help any much, no? <laughs> when he mentioned, I would love to have Ricardo back on, on, on the other side of the box. I don't know. Um, I think Checo have to now think race by race. Maybe he get, he got, sorry a little bit enthusiastic when he was 14 points of max winning and back when he thought okay Monaco's coming I'm gonna battle the championship and look now it's 110 points difference between Max and Chick. Lando Norris back on the second step of the podium what a July he is having the f- goal 
Yeah, baby! Zach, another incredible day for McLaren. You must be thrilled. Uh, very happy. Uh, drivers did an awesome job. Team's done an awesome job. First time we've had back-to-back -back podiums since 2012, according to Twitter. Uh, so, no, it's, it's great to see all the work that everyone at McLaren has done paying off. And uh, long may it continue, but it's going uh, to be definitely a difficult grind. So, what were your hopes coming into this one? You knew going to Silverstone that the car would be good through the high-speed sweeps. Were you surprised by your pace here? Well, it's interesting. Uh, the team back at the factory said we'd be really good here. I was concerned about the different type of track and the weather, and uh, turned out that it suited our car just uh, just fine. So unbelievably uh, uh, tight. Uh, looking forward to Spa, but it's great to now have been to a couple different types of tracks in different weather conditions and be quick in, in both scenarios. You got a very good decision last year signing Oscar is starting to surprise you how he's performing because we know Lando we know the talented Lando but Oscar is doing a great job no we, we expected Oscar to be super strong so we're very happy to to see it and confirm what we thought was going to be the case but uh, just very impressed with him but I, I wouldn't say we're surprised it's a hell of a driver lineup this one we've got a great driver lineup so uh, we just need a slightly faster car now to catch those Red Bull guys and keep everyone off us off our uh, tail but uh, driver lineup is strong no worries there and it's ironic that it was here a year ago that it all triggered yeah we uh a lot's happened in a year hasn't it all right Zach many congratulations well done see you at Spa thank you very much Juan second fastest car for the second race in a row yeah and they show a little bit on Austria you know with the podium also and I think um we're starting to think okay maybe they have to confirm with the British Grand Prix and then Thursday Lando came here and say no we are not a favor is because this track is, doesn't suit our car and suddenly <laughs> they're there and nothing from the pole also fighting with Lando. I think it's, it's real now they're back. I think maybe it's the, the team with more problems at the beginning of the season and you say oh they're gonna rip off the season and think in the next one but they managed to work very hard in 10 races to get this car this package and is working you know and that's amazing because they figure out all the upgrades can you think of another team that has had such a big turnaround in season as McLaren this year? No, a turnaround maybe in the, for the other side. No? We, like Aston Martin, we thought Aston Martin started with five podiums with uh, Fernando Alonso. They said, okay, well, when they bring the upgrades, it's going to be even closer to Red Bull. And the turnaround was not the, the good way. But I thought really that McLaren maybe was one off because of the characteristics of the track. But now they're proving that it's real. And maybe the gap between Red Bull is still there. You know, today was 33 seconds. It's a lot. But we know that maybe in Spa in a week time can change. I mean, Lando Norris was less than a tenth off Lewis Hamilton's pole position. He's clearly driving brilliantly. But one of the moments of the race that I really enjoyed today was seeing Oscar Piastri in P2. Just so opportunistic and the guy continues to grow well he had a great start also in the british grand prix you know then he he got a little bit blocked by even lando but he was amazing also you know it's i, I think uh, surprising a lot of people um oscar is driving very well today he had a that touch with Checo and the performance 
didn't work as he would like. And I think, I don't know if he will manage to keep a podium because Checo was super fast. But he was fighting there with Checo, you know, in a Red Bull, holding Checo and a very tight no, maneuver. I think the action was um, a little bit over the, not over the limit, but in the limit. But it's proving that he's there, you know, because being next to a driver like Lando in your first season in Formula One is amazing. If you were to pick your top three drivers in Formula One, is Lando in there? I think so. No, he... When you, he gets the car, he performs. Obviously, we're seeing when you don't, you don't have the car, nobody's performing. But I think now he have a car, he's performing well. He proved it last season, he proved it there before when he joined McLaren. I think he's a very talented young driver with a good car. Even Max, you know, say it all the time. If you sit Lando in a Red Bull or in another a fast car, he's going to be there winning races. I think we have a bunch of such a good drivers. I don't know if it's top three because... Now I'm thinking in George and I'm thinking in Charles, all, all the same age, you know, it's difficult to pick one. But it's incredible to think what McLaren can achieve with this car and with these two drivers. They're both so young. They're going to get better year on year. I think for all the McLaren fans out there and even for the neutrals, I think having McLaren back in Formula One is a great thing for the sport. Yes, it's the third team or the second team more successful in Formula One with a great history, 60 years. But everybody was thinking last year when he dropped Daniel no, from McLaren and said, wow, wow, I don't think it's the right decision in all the saga with Oscar and Alpine. And now it's paying off. No? I think Zach did a great move over there and he is thinking in the future of the team, not tomorrow. You know? And they're working very hard. And I think if they turn around this season, next season they are going to have a very good potential because you've mentioned it's not a big change. And with a driver with a near with experience and a super young driver that is almost a veteran now because Lando will be like like Max, you know. Everybody say, oh, 25 years, but he's been in Formula One since uh, I don't know nine years or, already. Pole number 104 for Lewis Hamilton. It was pretty unexpected, I think. When you look at the pace of the Mercedes in the race, I think it was proof that he outperformed the car over one lap on Saturday. Lewis Hamilton was back briefly. Yeah, I think it was amazing. I mean, the difference is nothing, no? It's almost the same time. But what he did in the last lap, going last, you know, knowing that even if it's a little bit of a better track, he will use it and he managed it to get that pole. He was waiting for that pole for a long time. George did the pole here in his track because he owns his track, you know, it's eight poles for Hamilton. And now he have nine. It's the only driver in the whole history have nine poles in the same track. Something amazing. All of us thought, okay, he's starting on pole in a racetrack that he won with Mercedes. His first race uh, with a car that was not a, a good car. He won here saying maybe today is the day and uh, we'll spin, but start, try to cover a little bit more Max and he lost uh, two positions more and uh, from there I think it was very difficult for Lewis uh, the drivers say that it, they have a little issue in high temperatures in the engine maybe they have to lift a, a little bit but at the end he was with a pace catching Checo you know almost with the same race pace that Max Verstappen and I think he managed to recover but we know that it it's Lewis in this track it's Lewis it's I don't know what it is with this track but it's a special for him it's, well it's a kart track isn't it yeah. and and 
He just knows his way around here in a way that other drivers don't. It's quite extraordinary to watch him. It was also quite moving to watch him after that ninth pole because he was really emotional afterwards. He he came into the press conference having he was he'd lost yeah. his voice a bit. Yeah, he lost his voice. He's been shouting so much. The, the and, <laughs> you know, when you've when you've been away as long as he has, away from pole positions, away from race wins, when it comes back at this stage of his career, he said he said it was like my first pole back in 2007 and I believe him. Yeah, he, I, I have the chance, like, like you, to interview him and, well, in the pen and you can see it. I, I have him every single weekend, you know, in front and you can tell the body language always with Lewis and that smile, that sparkle in the eyes. He was also like, he cannot speak, you know, because he was shouting inside the, the helmet like crazy, like a little kid. And I think that's fantastic because give, give us hope that Lewis is still there. You know, I, I mentioned him still arise and he likes that. Yeah, you know, he have the big tattoo in the back. But I mean, he said, yes, it's, that's the thing, you know, keep believing and working hard. Last year was a very good um, thing that George got the pole in this track and he had the problem with the DRS. But anyway, he managed to finish second in the podium and if it was a track, and I knew he knew, because on Thursday I asked him, something special here, something's going to happen, and he said, yeah, maybe, no? And suddenly it was the pole. I thought it was maybe both things, but it was very difficult to beat a Red Bull, no? Yeah, and, and as you say, the drivers were saying afterwards that they were a little bit down on power because they, they perhaps had closed the car up a little bit too much. Other, just walking down the grid as I was, uh, you could see that Red Bull, for example, had opened up their car a little bit more that would have given Mercedes a little bit more pace in qualifying, but they suffered uh, in the race. But great to see them back. One team that had a weekend to forget was Alpine. Wow, Alpine having such a disappointing day. Both cars are out again. Neither Pierre Gasly nor Esteban Ocon got beyond the opening lap of the race after hitting each other, albeit through no fault of their own. Here's Alpine team principal, Otmar Safnau. What's your message to the team? Well, we have to uh, just continue to focus to work, focus on working hard and uh, not be discouraged. Just work on the things we can control. And, you know, unfortunately, the, uh, the accident that took both of our drivers out was pretty much out of our control. So uh, just keep, keep working, heads down, and uh, the luck will turn. What about the performance of the car here? There were, there were hopes that the, the tighter confines of this track would suit you better than Silverstone. Yeah, so I think uh, we, didn't, we didn't get everything out of the medium tire in qualifying, that's for sure. When we ran the soft in FP2, I think we were third and fifth quickest, and we never got to run the soft in the race. So let's uh, regroup and uh, bring an upgrade to Spa and see what we can do. Best of luck there. Omar, thank you very much. Yes, the new floor coming for Alpine at Spa. Now, after Silverstone, Juan, I came away thinking, OK, unfortunate race for Ferrari. Leclerc was looking pretty strong at one moment there. They'll bounce back in Budapest because the, the tighter nature of the track will suit their car better. And as we stand here now, I'm looking down my result sheets and I'm still looking down my result sheets and I have to get to seventh and eighth until I see the two Ferrari drivers what do you think? Well, first of all, in a track like the Hungaro Ring, you need to perform well in quali. And maybe the best part of even Charles, you know, performing, he got the pole in, in, in Baku. And we know that in one lap, Charles is one of the best ones. You now he have 19 poles. That's for, for some reason. And when we saw him yesterday, not 
getting even close to that, uh, well, Red Bull, Mercedes or, or McLaren, we say, okay, they are in problems. If we know even that, that they have these problems managing the tires, losing race pace, was not going to be a good weekend for them. Maybe Carlos did a better job, but then they have the problem in, in the boxes, a mistake, an error, whatever with Charles, and then he get, get, got penalized to come in too fast to the pit lane. I think for Charles was everything wrong. It's a driver that he is assimilating so many things, you know, like, okay, we just start over again so many times. I don't want him to get frustrated, but he's a very, I was with one-to-one -one with him the other day, and he's keep thinking that he's going to turn it around. No? And that's a good thing about Charles. I hope Ferrari can go with him in that direction. Let's talk to the boss now, Fred Vasseur, and get his take on what's going on this weekend. Fred, seventh and eighth. I'm just trying to read your body language. How do you feel after that? Well, it's not a good weekend, and this is clear that uh, we are expecting much more uh, coming from to, to Budapest. Now that we need to have a deep look on this, I think we didn't do a good job yesterday in Quali, starting from uh, P6 and P11 today. We had to take risks with Carlos, that starting with soft, and then we were uh, a bit scared with the life of the tyres, and we have to anticipate a little bit. And on Charles' side, we made too many mistakes with the, between the pit stop, the penalty, and so that this cost us a, a fortune in terms of times plus some position on track that he had to recover and uh, and at the end that we we lost P5 for this that uh, it's so tight between P2 and P11-12 that uh, if you do mistakes that you are nowhere on it. What were you expecting coming into the weekend because from the drivers at least there was optimism. Yeah yeah but there, there was and I think we have to be optimistic every single weekend because you can move from P2 for P to P12 for nothing, it means that you have to come for P2 or P1, that even in quality that uh, Lewis showed that we can beat uh, uh, Max, that, uh, at least in quality. That, uh, but uh, let's see next week that it will be another one and uh, perhaps you know, be in a better shape next week. What can change between now and next week, as you mentioned? Uh, it's uh, another format, uh, with different tyres, different layout and uh, different tyres allocation. Everything is different. That it means that we have to start from scratch in uh, four days. Just, just final one from us. Did you like the alternative tyre allocation? Do you like it as a, as an idea? As an idea, yes. And uh, the motivation behind this is the good one, also to reduce the number of sets during the weekend. It's uh, quite difficult to explain, but we need a uh, 14 set to to do 600 kilometers. That, uh, but uh, then the, the, we were a bit lost because the F1 is very agile, but we are. Uh, used to work with your process and when you have to change the process we are all a bit lost <laughs> but I'm sure that after two or three weekends like this we will have a kind of convergence and nobody will be lost anymore <laughs> Bad luck today No, nothing to do with luck we made mistakes that it's not luck Fred, how are you going to stamp out these mistakes? Oh, but it's just that uh, you need to have a, a deep analysis on what you did and to tackle any issue but uh, it takes time that uh, but honestly, on the pit stop, that uh, we did all the pit stop so far, it went very well. That uh, uh, Charles, I think he was perhaps under pressure when he did uh, pit entry. And uh, but it's uh, small details. Huh? But at the end, that each time it's five seconds, ten seconds, and uh, it's not anymore as it was uh, five years ago. When with five seconds, it was nothing to do on the on the classification. Today, five seconds, you are losing uh, two or three positions on track, and uh, it's another race. But, uh, it's fine margins. Fred, thank you very much for your time. Travel safe. See you at Spa next time. Do you think when he accepted the job, 
he knew that the mountain was quite as high as it is at Ferrari? Well, no, but I can tell you something. I know him from even Formula E when he was a Spark and, well, uh, RTA and know him from so long. And he always been a, such a nice guy, smiling and laughing all the time. Even when you, you don't ask him something, he do a joke, you know? And now today when you see his face and the way he tried to, you know, to be nice, but you can tell that he... He's hurting. He, yeah, he's hurting. And it's something I always, in my time in Formula One, say I would never like to be a Ferrari team principal. <laughs> it's like, no, thank you. I would be from another team, but I don't know. The shoes are so big over there that I thought he, okay, with his experience and, and Renault and Alfa Romeo, he said, okay, I can come and change things in Ferrari. And we know that it's very difficult. What's frustrating this year is that they don't seem to have made the progress that we needed them to make over the winter. And that was ironing out the mistakes because we all remember last year they had a great car and they did throw some races away. And we said, well, if they can just tidy up that side of the races, then Ferrari are going to be there or thereabouts. But they're still making the same basic errors. And Formula One, the standard is too high now. There are no bad teams in Formula One. You can't get away. You can't expect to win and get away with those errors. Yeah, and we expect a team like Ferrari as the number one team in the history with more victories, more championship, whatever. It's more <laughs> Ferrari's over there. And, you know, it's big changes in the structure also. And as you mentioned, they have a great car at the beginning of last year. And say, okay, now is the time. Charles was leading the championship for so many points with a problems with Red Bull anyway. But, and they turn around and... And this year they started the same like last year and they have to change a little bit the concept late and they have to understand that changes and they're still like lost. I think so now because some races you see them very fast and then and another one's oh, <laughs> that's the man. That's a great driver, a great person. I think it's better person than the driver anyway. He's so fast. We're talking about Charles Leclerc. He was just walking past in the middle of a large entourage of people. We were going to run after him, but I think we let him go. Uh, and we've heard from Fred Vasseur. Let's hope they can turn things around and get a good race in at Spa next weekend before the summer break. And of course, before we go to Monza, when the Tifosi will be there and the expectations will be even higher. Well, Aston Martin. Now, they rounded out the top 10 in 9th and 10th, but that last podium from Alonso in Canada seems a long, a long time ago now. Yeah, and also for Alonso, I think, he's starting to think that it's a slip in a way that the little advantage they have over Mercedes. I don't say, nobody's going to mention Red Bull. No, we take apart Red Bull. Over Mercedes and over, you know, McLaren, of course, because they were not performing well at that moment. And uh, he promised everybody, you in the press conference, he's going to keep going in the podiums. And with that self-confidence, he mentioned that he will take over Checo in the second place in the championship because he believed in the car and in in, in what they were doing. And suddenly they got lost. I don't know if the upgrades they brought, they didn't give you the, the performance they want, but we are looking at different tracks. And everybody thought when we came here, slow corners, okay, Aston Martin is going to bounce back. And what happened? Nothing. And uh, I think today Alonso mentioned it. They want to rescue some little points or whatever they can in Spa, go to the, the, the holiday, the break, think everything and start very fresh the second part of the season because 
something they got lost in some place. I don't know where, but what well, do you think? Well, he thinks that the new tire constructions that Pirelli brought to Silverstone have played against Aston Martin. When you talk to some of the engineers there, as I have, I asked that question and they said, look, it's marginal. But the problem with Formula One at the moment is it's very fine margins. You know, look at Q3. Yesterday, we had seven teams in the top 10, one of whom was Sauber. Who was expecting that? So it's looking harder for Aston Martin, but I do have faith in them. I think I do rate the technical team there, Eric Blondin and Dan Fallows in particular, but everybody, Tom McCulloch, they, the team at the, at the racetrack, no one is going to question the abilities of Fernando Alonso. And... Um, the season is not lost. They are only 17 points ahead of Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship now. So it's getting pretty tight. They need Stroll to continue scoring points as he's done this weekend. And, well, let's see what the second half of the season brings. The man in the most frustrating position today in P11, the first of the non-point scorers, was Alex Albon. After such a tremendous few races since they introduced the upgrade in Canada. I thought Williams looked a little bit less spectacular here. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, and Alex say that on Thursday. No, he was not expecting anything. Look what happened in Quali. No, they were last, and uh, but Alex managed in a track that it was with non-long straights. One of the best things for Williams, and not he's only one straight here. It's not long, and, and they managed to finish very close to the points. You know, we Alex itself is driving like crazy. I mean, it's outperforming the car. I think. I think no, even because you can tell when he was top three, top three, and say, okay, listen, it's Friday. Maybe Saturday's everything is going to come to normal. And then he was up there, and then Saturday he was on, on the points. I mean, I think he proved that. That's why Red Bull pick him. I don't know. It's another story that about Red Bull. But what I'm thinking, um, uh, we knew that Williams would not perform very well here, and he managed to finish very close to the points in a well, crazy race. Juan, let's hear from the man himself now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Albon. Um, Alex, look, sum up how you feel after today's race. Fine. I'm uh, a little tired. So, what physical one that one was? One of the races where it felt like a great race for us. P11 could have stayed in the hotel <laughs> is that how you feel about points now oh that's it now i'm a changed man i <laughs> i have different um different expectations um no but it, in, in all fairness it all helps you know that even the p11 um it, it matters because if we are tired on points in constructors championships you they look at p11 and all this kind of thing so it's still worthy what have you learned about your racing car this weekend in budapest our car is tricky. It is tricky. It is. Um, we knew it wouldn't wouldn't suit us, but in a weird, twisted way, we expected to be really struggling around here, and we weren't. So it just shows that we are making progress. This track, you basically want for our car, we want long straights, high-speed corners, basically as little drag as possible. Um, and this track is everything against that. So so eleven is still good. Bring on Spa. We've only got a few days, so <laughs> yes. I'm ready. I'm All ready. Right. Thanks so much. The top 10 look like this. Max Verstappen took win number 44 of his career, his ninth of this 2023 campaign and his seventh consecutive win. Lando Norris was second and Sergio Perez, despite his FP1 crash on Friday, took his first podium in Hungary in third place. 
Lewis Hamilton went from pole to fourth. Oscar Piastri was fifth. George Russell gained 12 places from his grid position to come home in sixth. Then it was the Ferraris of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz in seventh and eighth. And then the Aston Martins rounded out the top 10, Fernando Alonso in ninth and Lance Stroll 10th. In the Drivers' Championship, Max Verstappen continues to dominate. He's 110 points ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez in second place. Fernando Alonso is third, 32 points further back, with Lewis Hamilton just six points behind Alonso now in fourth place. George Russell is fifth on 90 points, with Carlos Sainz the lead Ferrari driver on 87. In seventh place comes Charles Leclerc on 80. Then it's Lando Norris in eighth on 60 points, with Lance Stroll and Esteban Ocon rounding out the top 10. In the Constructors' Championship, the gap of 229 points between leaders Red Bull Racing and Mercedes in second is greater than Mercedes' actual total of 223 points. Aston Martin are in third on 184, with Ferrari just 17 points further back in fourth. McLaren a fifth, Alpine a sixth, then come Williams, Haas, Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri. Well, Juan, it's been great to have you back on the show. I love your perspective on Formula One. How many years have you been doing this? Uh, quite a lot. <laughs> More than 430 Grand Prix. Yeah, that's a bit of experience. Yeah, well, it's, it really not like a, it's not like Giorgio Piola, but I'm there. <laughs> um, Are there any other standout performances for you this weekend? Well, the Alfa Romeo. No, I mean, Joe being in fifth position and behind him in seventh in the starting grid, it was Valtteri. And both cars in Q3 with this ATA that, well, maybe we speak another time about that it was great but what happened uh, well it was an accident it was a terrible start we knew that it's like has in race pace Alfa Romeo's not there but they were surprised even them all the team now that they were performing at that level and in quali and it was great maybe you mentioned that the tires now maybe was on the favor of um, Sauber or Alfa Romeo, how, how do you want to call it? Because how are we going to call them next year? Because Alfa Romeo... I think, go, <laughs> I think they go back to Sauber. They're not okay. yet Audi, are they? Yeah, it was, it was wonderful to see both of those guys up there. Uh, Joe's fifth place was their best grid slot since China 2012, when Kamui Kobayashi started fourth. So great to see them up there. I think a bit of a surprise. And I do think we can thank the ATA, the alternative tyre allocation for that. And for what it's worth, I do think it's been a brilliant thing to introduce. A, because when you tell the teams what what tyres they've got to run, you know, it stops them perfecting the soft tyre. The front-running teams can't use Q1 and Q2 to prep the car for those final runs of Q3. And that's why I think we saw a bit of jeopardy at the front, is due to the ATA. So I hope we see a version of it in the future, whether this is the exact version we need, whether it's 11 sets of dry tires or 13 sets of dry tires, that's detail that needs to be sorted out. But we like Jeopardy in Formula One and I think it provided it this weekend. I agree completely because I like it. The drivers that didn't perform as expected or didn't do the job great having all that set of soft tires like Red Bull, no? They, they don't have that dominance. They don't like it and they're gonna blame that the fans are not going to see so much run you know because everybody thinks in 
who thinks in really in the fans? Nobody in the teams. They think obviously performing in the highest level. And Fred Vassell mentioned it, you know, the purpose of all this is bringing less tires to the racetrack. And I think if you're going to add more tires, you're not doing the main thing of the ATA. But I don't know, maybe having less practice on 45 minutes each and they will have to run anyway the tires and could go better in the programs, we have more advantage or not. I think it gives him, it spice it up a little bit. I, I like it. I'm, it's like the sprint. Everybody was blaming the sprint at the beginning and then they, they correct a little things like the pole and everything and the sprint is a, it's a great thing also. So you're looking forward to next weekend at yeah, Spa. Yes. Sprint on Spa. Two races at oh. Spa. Lucky us. Yeah. Well look, final question from me. Your driver of the day, please. Um, it would not be fair mentioning Max because he did a great job. I think they have the best car. I was with Checo because it was selected by the fans. But also I will go with George. You know, he started in 18 and finished in sixth, uh, driving like crazy. And uh, at some point even asking for pit, but he overtaking Carlos. I think I will we'll stay with George and Checo. Can I pick two or not? You can have as many as you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, I'm going to say Max Verstappen. I admire what that guy is doing so much at the moment. He's not putting a foot wrong. Uh, yes, it was great to see Checo back up there, but yet again, he delivered. And he's been wanting a bit of competition all year. It came in the form of Lewis Hamilton this weekend, and he was past him by, what, 10 seconds into the race and gone. And anything anyone is throwing at Max, he's able to deal with at the moment. And uh, it is the mark of what is going to be a triple world champion very soon. Have you done the maths as to when he can actually win it? I think Singapore. Yeah, more or less. The, last year was on, on Japan, no? the, the, the world title. A little confused world title, but um, anyway, he was He can be competitive it, yeah. with himself and do <laughs> it the I race mean, before yeah, this time. Singapore. We hope it'll extend a little bit more or not. <laughs> Give some... I, I want to see before the end of the season, really, a victory from Lando. He deserved it after what happened in Russia a couple of years ago. And um, I don't think he's going to get to Abu Dhabi, but maybe a little bit on, on our side of the continent in America. Brian, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening. And thanks too to Lee and to Juan for their help. We'll be back next week from the heart of the Spa-Francorchamps paddock with our review of the Belgian Grand Prix. Until then, here's a little heads up. This week's F1 Beyond the Grid is Alpine team principal Otmar Safnauer, so why not have a listen to that on Wednesday? And check out the new Formula Y podcast for the answers to your questions about Formula One. F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.